Welcome back to All Things Mysterious, where we talk about the supernatural, true crime, all things mysterious, pretty much anything I want to talk about. And I totally forgot where that train of thought was going, so I'm Matt. And I'm Jordan. Thank you for listening. Today is going to be a great episode. Jordan. Yep. Picture this, if you will. You decide to, you and your husband decide to buy your dream home. First of all, I'm married. That's exciting. <laughs> and the, and for this, Somebody decided to marry me? I know. That poor man. <laughs> this is fantasy, so anything can happen, I guess. <laughs> that's, that's very fair. <laughs> that's fair. Okay, so anyway, I'm married and we decide to buy a house. Your dream house. My dream house. Okay. And you buy said dream house for $1.3 million. Holy crap. What kind of job do I have? Well, not what I have right now. Y'all got to start supporting us via monetary on this podcast. All right. (laughs) Now it has a couple downsides. But it's my dream house. It is your dream house. But the first downside is it's located in New Jersey. That's definitely a downside. That's definitely not exactly my favorite place, but all right. The second downside is it becomes soon after you buy the house and close on it, it becomes a nightmare. Quite literally. Well, that's, that's not my dream house then probably, but you know what? All right. Am I, am I the stupidest white woman ever? And I'm like, but it's fine. And yeah, this time we're not talking about supernatural. Oh, okay. Uh, Not supernatural. But I've kind of decided that I never want to buy a house in the Northeast because all the stupid stuff happens over there. I'll stick to uh, Missouri. Thank you. Uh, But let's start back from the beginning. Let's go back to June 2014. June 2014. All right. And let's talk about a a young couple named Derek and Marie Broadus. Yes, this means I'm probably not married anymore. Nope. Well, that was just too much of a fantasy. Nobody ever it probably would think really that was. was Let's just be honest. It probably really was. Sorry, so, future not husband. <laughs> so Derek and Marie had three young children, and they just bought this home at six five seven Boulevard in Westfield, New Jersey. Wait a second. I think I recognize that address. If you've watched Netflix in the last couple of years, you will recognize that address. Uh, this and this is the one story. This is like probably not not the first story to give me interest in you know this kind of stuff, but it was definitely the one that I remember most. Uh, this kind of stuck with me, I guess, the longest. That's fair. That's, that's why I did the case that we did last week, uh, mm-hmm. the true crime case that I did, because it just it stuck with me. Yeah. Some, sometimes these things just stick with me and it just, this one is like truly fascinating because it's never been solved. A true mystery. It really is. I love it. So let's go back to 657 Boulevard. It's a six bedroom house. As I said, sold for $1.3 million. Man, what a job. And it was located just a few blocks from Maria's childhood home. So it was, you know, in her hometown. She, you know, wanted to move back because they had moved, you know, outside for until they came here. Um, and 
Westfield, Virginia was, or Westfield, Virginia. Why is it? It just sounds better than Westfield, New Jersey. I think it does actually, but you know what? Maybe we just really <laughs> so, don't want to go to New Jersey. I, guess I really we're just don't. Like, nope. <laughs> I've been to New Jersey and I don't want to go back. Uh, but Westfield was named the 30th safest town in America at that time. Uh, I'm honestly pretty sure that the they probably revised that since this. Probably but. so. <laughs> so, three days after they bought the home and closed on it, the Broaddus family was, you know, over there doing some touch-ups. You know, they were going to do some renovations to the house. Uh, and Derek decided to go check the mailbox because, you know, new home. Didn't think there was going to be anything much, but, you know, spam. Yeah, right. Junk mail. You've been approved for a new credit card. Now, there was a white envelope with thick, chunky black letters written, written saying the new owner. No Not return address. whatsoever. Oh, Jordan, it gets much, much, much creepier. Uh, so I'm going to read the letter in full. So just picture this. You're at your new dream home with your husband that you don't have. <laughs> Thanks for rubbing it in. Appreciate it, buddy. But, and you're in your dream home and you get this letter. Dearest new neighbor of 657 Boulevard, allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. How did you end up here? Did 657 Boulevard call to you with its force within? 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now. And as it approaches its 110th birthday, I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s and my father watched in the 1960s. It is now my time. Who am I? There are hundreds and hundreds of cars that drive by 657 Boulevard each day. Maybe I am in one. Look at all those, all those, all the windows you can see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe I am in one. Look at any of the many windows in 657 Boulevard at all the people who stroll by each day. Maybe I am one. You have children. I have seen them. So far, I think there are three that I have counted. Do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? Better for me. Was your old house too small for the growing family? Or was it greed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. And in a cursive font, the author typed the signature, The Watcher. Well, that's genuinely terrifying. And I will say this letter is probably the best out of the four that they've received. Uh, the best how? The best as in it's the least creepy. Oh, good. It gets worse. Uh <laughs> <laughs> so obviously after receiving the, the letter the Broaddus family you know was pretty pretty freaked out uh, yep. to say the least yep. so they had reached out to the, cu the couple that they bought the house from the Woods family 
uh, the Woods have said that they lived there for 23 years and have never received a letter, never felt like they were being watched, nothing like that. However, a few days before they moved out, they received a letter from the watcher. Now, they don't actually, they just kind of read it and threw it away. You know, they didn't take it seriously. Um, of course they didn't. So we don't know what the letter actually said, but they did receive a letter. So they, this seems to be, you know, as soon as the woods decided to sell their house and then they sold it is when the watcher became active for some reason. Uh, we'll kind of get into some of the theories of why that may have been. So, you know, the Woods family said it never felt, you know, never felt like they were being watched. Um, in fact, they never even felt the need to lock their doors. That's so creepy. Like, even now, I'm, I feel very safe and secure in my home, but I still lock my doors. Oh, I... I 110% lock my doors all the time. I just don't trust people. <laughs> I mean, same, but part of that's also just because one of my cats is an escape artist. So like part of it's to keep people out, but part of it's also to keep him in because he's freaking Houdini, man. So, uh, you know, they thought the letter was odd, but obviously they just threw it out. Uh, but the Woods family went with the broadest family to report it to the police. Now, the police instructed the couples not to say anything to any of their neighbors or let them know, give any indication that any of this was going on. Uh, because primarily all the neighbors were deemed suspects at that point. That makes sense because it would make sense that it was a neighbor. Yeah. Someone that was just, you know, watching from the sidelines. Um, so fast forward two weeks after this. The Broaddus family still haven't moved in. They're still trying to get the renovation started, you know, they got contractors who are coming in and out. Um, but a second letter arrives. So this letter, well, I'll just read it and I'll let you be the judge of it. Oh boy. Welcome again to your new home at 657 Boulevard. The workers have been busy and I have been watching you unload carfuls of your personal belongings. The dumpster is a nice touch. Have they found what is in the walls yet? In time they will. I am pleased to know your names now and the name of your, the young blood you have brought to me. You certainly say their names often. 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It has been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallways of the house. Have you found all the secrets it holds yet? Will the young blood play in the basement or are they too afraid to go down there alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It is far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. Will they sleep in the attic? Or will all, or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedrooms facing the street? I'll know soon as you move in. It'll help to know who is in which bedroom. Then I can plan better. 
All the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the watcher and have been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on and kindly sold it when I asked them to. I pass by many times a day. 657 Boulevard is my job, my life, my obsession. And now you t- are too, Braddis family. Take note of that. Welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what brought the past three families to 657 Boulevard. And now it has brought you to me. Have a happy moving in day. You know I will be watching. Now, what's interesting about this is, and there's parts of this letter that have been redacted for the better case of word because it actually had the children's names in there. That's fair. Not just their names, their nicknames. That's terrifying. Yes. Uh, but what's interesting is he misspelled or he or she misspelled their name. They put spelled it as B-R-A-D-D-U-S instead of um, B-R-O-A-D. Oh, hold on. <laughs> Get it right. B-R-O-A-D-D-U-S. Okay. Uh, so it's kind of weird that he knew their names. But didn't but, spell it correctly. Yeah. Um, which could be because he was actually watching and listening to him. That's weird. Yeah. So obviously like any sane parent, as soon as they got this letter, mm-hmm. they stopped bringing their kids to the house because they had been bringing the kids by, you know, letting them see the house and while they were doing stuff there, um, they put a stop to that. <laughs> Good for them for once. Yeah. Actually listening and trying to prevent it yeah and then they kind of put their plans their plans to move in on hold because they you know they didn't feel safe uh they didn't they did a lot of renovations to the house like to add security cameras uh better locks basically just stuff to try to make them feel safe in their own house um now several weeks later the third letter we you know they received the third letter 657 Boulevard is turning on me. It is coming after me. I don't understand why. What spell did you cast on it? It used to be my friend, and now it is my enemy. It's a house, dude. (laughs) I am in charge of 657 Boulevard. It is not in charge of me. I will fend off its bad things and wait for it to become good again. It will not punish me. I will rise again. I will be patient and wait for this to pass and for you to bring the young blood back to me. 657 Boulevard needs young blood. It needs you. Come back. Let the young blood play again like I once did. Let the young blood sleep in 657 Boulevard. Stop changing it and let it alone. That's just creepy as shit. (laughs) But also, bro, it's a house. Like, it doesn't speak to you. It's a house. Apparently for this guy, it does. Uh, Like, 
calm. It, it is a house. It is not a living, breathing thing. It is a house. Like, and these, I mean, to me, these letters seem as someone who's not like mentally not stable. Yeah, definitely not mentally um, stable. I mean, I could have told you that from the first one, but especially not mentally stable now, like going way downhill, man. I mean, at least the first letter kind of, it almost had an elegance to it. It did. It was very elegantly written. Uh, and then as the letters move on, it like starts getting unhinged. Yeah. Yeah. By the third, it just totally like almost like paranoid schizophrenia vibe to it. Yeah. It's got uh, something in there. And that's, that's, that's the one thing that like never to me, it, it almost seems like there's multiple people writing the letters. See, and that's kind of what I was thinking too, because like in the first one, they spelled the name, right? Right. <laughs> Uh, no, because they just put the new owners. Oh, okay. That's right. Well, they never weird. had any identifying. It wasn't until the second letter and the second letter was the one where they spelled the name wrong. Okay. Um, but in this one, they said that they used to live in the house. Yes. That's, that's one thing that I kind of, you know, held on to. Yeah. Because um, that's some sort of identifying factor. Now the Woods family, they didn't have any kids. So if it was somebody that lived in the house, it would have had to have been before the woods. That's what I was thinking. Which means that if this is somebody who, it's obviously somebody older than, you know, at least probably in their 30s, maybe older at the time. Because, mm -hmm. you know, the woods lived there for 23 years. Um, so hold on to that because we'll get one of the theories. Well, and didn't we'll, they say that like their grandfather or something used to watch the house? Yeah. They said their grandfather watched the house and then their father watched the house and now they're watching the house. Uh, which, hold on to that because that becomes important too. Holding. Um, so, obviously the pol police investigation is ongoing, but by the end of the year, it just stalls out. Uh, they have obviously have many suspects. None of them actually pan out. Uh, there's two that we're going to talk about here just because I think they're probably the most likely. Um, but ultimately they don't have a camera on the mailbox. There's no fingerprints. There was DNA left on the, why do they not have a camera on the mailbox? That seems like I, the most obnoxiously easy, like, look, look that, at that the was, mailbox. That was my thought. And that's why when we get into the theories about who did this, like, that's one thing that I kind of question too. Like why? That seems so simple. Maybe, That's where you need to be looking. Maybe after, you know, I could understand maybe the first letter not having them came around the mailbox. Yeah, exactly. But after that, I would have like 50 freaking cameras on that mailbox. Exactly. <laughs> I'd have That's one inside. That's where you need to be looking. <laughs> uh, so there was no digital trail, no fingerprints, and no way to place someone at the scene of the crime. Like I said, there was DNA found on the one of the envelopes. Uh, but they ran it, no hits. Um, so the stress was obviously taking a mental toll on the Broadus family. Can't uh, imagine why. Yeah. Derek had, you know, was depressed. Uh, Marie was obviously suffering from PTSD because of this. Uh, so that it was true with your head. Yeah, it was severe. Did they move the kids in at all? No, I don't, I don't think stay? they, do I don't, I, they never actually fully moved in. Makes sense. Uh, the kids spent time there before the second letter. 
but after that they kind of kept the kids away uh you know and out after six months of owning the house they decided to sell mm. but they couldn't sell because of the rumors and the there was a media frenzy about all this oh i'm sure there probably were um so it basically made it impossible to sell the house um the Broadus family ended up suing the Woods family for not disclosing the watcher oh, letter. Well, yeah. Um, I think I'm pretty sure I never could find out what actually happened. I think they probably like settled out of court or something. Probably. Um, so obviously the complaint, the, you know, the suing the Woods family was the one thing that kind of really threw this into the limelight because a reporter had found the complaint and it included yeah. excerpts of the letters. Uh, so yeah, it became a, basically a sensation overnight. <laughs> yeah. Then into a giant Netflix hit. So now this is kind of where, so they're unable to buy, find a buyer, right? So they have this idea where they could sell it to a developer, right? Uh, the developer wanted to tear down the house and then split the lot into two two different lots. That's fair, because it was a big size lot if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty big. Uh, however, they would need an exception made by the planning committee because the lot would be two, the two individual lots would be too small. So they took it to, they appealed the decision because it, you know the planning board denied the request they appealed it and then they still denied it. Uh, basically, you know, and the, the important part here to note is in 2018, the planning board made an exception for another lot that ended up being more of an exception because it was way smaller than what the broadest family wanted to do. But they wouldn't do it for this family. Yes. Oh. I think I think it probably had to do with the house itself because well, the I mean, house was in such good condition. Yeah. They had just renovated it, which I can understand. It's just at the same time they were going through literal hell. Oh yeah, like they need out from underneath this house, and I can understand that. Like, so Maria gave an interview where she said, "Quote: This is my town. I grew up here. I came back. I chose to raise my kids here." You know what you know what we've been through. You had the ability two and a half years into a nightmare to make it a little better. And you have decided that this house is more important than we are. End quote. And she's right. I mean, yeah, she is. This town wholeheartedly said, we don't care what you're going through. We like this house more than we care about you. That sucks. And I mean, I feel for him. I really do. Yeah, I do. Because, like, what's she supposed to do? She, At this point, like, they're going through every kind of hell possible, basically. And the town's just like, mm, but the house is too pretty. Sorry. Mm-mm. No. So, uh, that Christmas, some families who had vocally protested the Broadus' plan to, you know, to separate the lot received threatening, threatening, threatening in. Hand, <laughs> hand delivered uh, letters to their mailbox that said friends of the broadest family. Uh, now we'll talk about, we'll get into these more later. 
Um, so basically, you know, 2016, two years after the first letters, um, they finally found someone to rent the house. Good Lord. So they've been sitting on this property for two years. Could it move in? Basically paying taxes on it. Paying for the house itself. Yeah. Uh, but they, they found somebody, you know, the family had two large dogs, no children. Their children are all grown. And they even put a clause in the lease that if they received another letter, they could, you know, get out of the lease. No problem. Uh, so you know what happened? They got another letter. <laughs> Two weeks after they moved in. Jesus. Now, I'm going to read the letter, but I want to I read what was on the actual front of the envelope. Oh, God. To the vile and spiteful Derek... And his wench of a wife, Maria. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sorry, but this is 2016. Who the hell actually refers to somebody as a wench? (laughs) Actually, you know what? Props, because like that's like I just want to use it in my everyday life. I kind of do. It's a great insult that nobody uses anymore. To the vile and spiteful Jordan. <laughs> you wench. <Yeah. laughs> I'm sorry, who talks like that now? Like what? You know, if, if someone called you a wench, like, I don't think you'd know how to respond to that. No, I just stand there staring like, excuse me, what did you just say? Like, that's honestly got to be the best insult these days. Just because it's like. What would I say at that point? Like, I bite my tongue, my my thumb at thee like I don't know like <laughs> I bite my thumb at you like what even I don't oh so th- this one gets a little more um wretched well, I'll, I'll, I'll read it to you vile <laughs> you wonder who the watcher is turn around idiots oh Jesus maybe you even spoke to me one of the so-called neighbors who has no idea who the watcher could be. Or maybe you do know, and you are too scared to tell anyone. Good move. Oh, God. I walked by the news trucks when they took over my neighborhood and mocked me. I watched as you watched from the dark house in an attempt to find me. Telescopes and binoculars are wonderful inventions. 657 Boulevard survived your attempted assault and stood strong against its army of supporters barricading its gates. My soldiers of the Boulevard followed my orders to a T. They carried out their mission and saved the soul of 657 Boulevard with my orders. All hailed the Watcher. Oh my God. (laughs) Maybe a car accident. Maybe a fire. Maybe something as simple as a mild illness that never seems to go away, but makes you feel sick day after day after day after day after day. Maybe the mysterious death of a pet. Loved ones suddenly die. Planes and cars and bicycles crash. Bones break. You are despised by the house and the watcher won. <laughs> like, I don't it, even. It makes no it sense. It doesn't. 
like he's just I assume it's a he that just unhinged and like so unhinged he writes how my brain operates like in fragments like that yes like honestly I read that I'm like I, I'm pretty sure whoever I'm per, you know I could have wrote this letter <laughs> I'm kind of questioning where I was in 2016 now because like that's just how my mind works like in fragments like that like if I wrote down how my mind is you know what I'm thinking yep like nobody would understand because it'd just be like little fragments little fragments of sentences I mean it was poetic in a way but not in a good way (laughs) I love that planes and cars and bicycles crash bones break like, what are you trying to say that you're going to I think get- it was a threat, but I don't know how exactly because, like, it's a threat, but it's not. I like, mean, yes, they do crash and bones break. I, mean, it's, I think it was supposed to be a threat that, like, maybe the kids' bikes will crash I, or, like, their cars will crash. I don't, I don't know. Uh, it's supposed to be a threat, but without a threat. It's all, It's like it's very thinly veiled, but... But not thinly veiled. It's it's strongly veiled exactly, threat. Exactly, a strongly veiled threat. <laughs> like I, I honestly, like you know, they talked about maybe a car accident, maybe a fire, you know, maybe a mild illness that never goes away. It's like, are you trying? I to wonder s- exactly how that would work. Like, I'm going to give you an illness that will not go away ever. Huh, I, mean, I don't know how, but I'm going to give that to you. Like. Is you know are they is he saying that he's gonna give him an illness that just doesn't go away but never kills him? I mean, I, I I don't know what this dude. I don't know. I just don't know quite how that works exactly either. Like exactly how do you do that? I mean, I have a a cold still right now. Yeah. Like I don't. Is that how this works? Maybe like, the I watchers have to watching you. <laughs> I it's, I don't know. How do you build up immunity against that? I just need to know. I I don't know. Um. So despite this letter. You know, the renters agreed to stay. Um, it's impressive because yeah. I'd be like, nope. But they had a stipulation that they wanted more cameras installed. That's a plenty yeah. fair stipulation. So um, now the main suspect, at least for me, there is obviously plenty of suspects in this. Uh, Michael Langford. Was he a neighbor? Next door neighbor. Next door neighbor. That makes perfect sense to me. Um, So he actually lived in the house right next door with his 90-year-old mother who also had uh, her other children living in the house who were in their 60s. That's really a weird situation, but okie dokie. So he was obviously kind of, he was weird. Um, In fact, you know, Derek brought us kind of picked him as a suspect based on a you know like a a neighborhood picnic thing that they had where he was just kind of so odd and he seemed to have a odd fascination with the house you know their house well i mean that tracks because boy this person certainly has an odd fascination with the house and they that family had owned that house for a very long time so their timeline of about track too his grandfather watching the house and then his yep. father watching the house and then now he's watching the house uh, that kind of tracks the only thing that doesn't track for me is the fact that they he never lived in that house mm. and yeah. as you recall one of the letters said that he grew up in the house now 
I would say that, you know, maybe when he said he grew up in the house, he grew up around the house. Because, you know, maybe he had a friend that lived there. Well, that's true, too, because, like, if you think about it, I grew up in, in my house. Mm -hmm. However, um, my next-door neighbor, I spent a ton of my childhood at her house. Yeah. Um, like, so much of my childhood at her house. And, um, Caitlin, if you're listening, <laughs> I still remember spending time in your room with all your NSYNC posters. Yes, I outed you. Um <laughs> But, like, I remember, I mean, we both spent so much time at each other's houses. I mean, she came on vacations with us. And so it's not crazy to think that even though you didn't live there, it would be almost the same mm. if you had a friend that lived in that house that you would spend a ton of time in that house and almost grew up in it. So yeah. it's it could be considered almost the same. Yeah, I mean... Uh Obviously, this guy's yeah. unhinged anyways, so, I mean... Yeah, exactly. He, it could have been him, and he just kind of imagined that he grew up there. I don't well, know. Well, he's obviously very possessive uh, of the house. Yeah, which very weirdly possessive, honestly. Super possessive. Uh, so, when the Broadus family brought this to the police, they kind of decided to set up a, um, a trap, if you will. Ooh. Uh... So they ended up sending the, the Langford family a letter telling them that they intended on demolishing the house. And this was before the, you know, that they actually tried to go through all that stuff. Um, so, but anyways, they wrote the letter, sent it to them to, in hopes of getting the watcher to, you know, send another letter. That makes sense. Um, did not. There was no response. Hmm. So they kind of, and as I said, one of the letters had DNA on it. Um, uh, they found out that the DNA belonged to a woman, right? So they thought maybe it was, you know, Michael's sister was the one who was the watcher. Uh, her name is Abby Langford. Uh, they ended up doing a DNA test on her. Didn't match. Hmm. And after the DNA test, the basically the police said that the Langford family was no longer a suspect. Well, I mean, there's not much you can do when nothing matches. But they never really gave them a reason why they weren't a suspect anymore. Yeah. Because there was other women in the family, obviously. And wouldn't there be some sort of familial match, though? Maybe, but I mean... Uh, I mean, I'm not any sort of DNA, you know, so we, analyst, but I would there's, think be there's a case that we're going to cover one day, so I don't want to get too much into it. But there is a thing as such as um, DNA surviving from like the people who manufacture products and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so, I mean, there's a possibility that the DNA was just left by whoever made the envelope or, mm -hmm. you know, or... They could have just had like a nurse or a caregiver or a friend or yep, somebody. Somebody entirely unrelated to any of it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I don't know necessarily if the, you know, if the DNA is a true distinguishing factor of, you know, if this person is the mm -hmm. watcher or not. Um, but, however, the second suspect. 
is the broadest family. That makes sense because they got themselves into a house that they couldn't get themselves out of. They got themselves way in debt because I mean, it's 1.3 mil. Yeah. I think is what you said. Yep. And they ended up, they, when they finally sold the house, they sold it for like a little over $900,000. So they took a a big hit. hit. Now, it's important to understand that the Broaddus family ended up getting to this house by buying a house, refinancing the mortgage, and then buying a bigger house. Refinancing the mortgage, buying a bigger house. Ooh, so, so they they're did, really getting themselves yeah. into financial trouble. Yep, they did that. I think this house was their third house that they did that. And, you know, so obviously they were, there was financial implications to this whole ordeal. Um, they, a lot of the people who were, you know, neighbors and stuff who were against the Broaddus family and who thought the Broaddus family were mm-hmm. aware of this, thought that they just kind of got financially over their head. Uh, and they made this all up to kind of publis- publicity. Publicity? I don't know why I can't say that word, but you know what I'm trying You've to say. It's had a long day. Uh, it has been a long day. So now, you remember that letter that I told you about, the friends of the broadest family? Yeah. That was sent out after Christmas to the, you know, protesters. Yeah, the ones that you didn't like actually read, but mm-hmm. yeah. They later found out that Derek had sent those out. Because he was angry that the they protested the fact that he they wanted to split the lot up and everything, and they were you know against that idea. Uh, so he sent out the letters. He said he was just frustrated. He was angry, so he decided to send them out. But he claims that that's the only letter he ever sent out was that one. Mm, that's a little sketchy, though. Yeah. Do we know what the letter said? No. No. Nope. They never released what the actual letter said. Well, that's basically because we could look at the the timbre and the yeah. the writing style and compare it. Mm-hmm. But I would assume if they did that, they would know. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure the police would have probably did that already. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, I think that's how they ended up finding out that Derek was the one who sent it because I don't think the writing style and the you know everything matched the letter. Probably. Um, but however, it's still a possibility, and I. I think honestly, it, it's a very good possibility because one point three million dollars with three kids—that's uh, a lot of money. God, it's so much money. Um, well, it's like when you were giving me a hypothetical at the very beginning. I was like, "What kind of job do I have?" Yeah, exactly. Good lord. So, obviously, this was very psychologically damaged for the you know it was horrible for this family so that's kind of why i don't think that it's a i don't think it was the broadest family because i mean yeah if they wanted it to go a certain way it did not yeah i mean it never actually benefited them in any way i mean i guess you could argue that maybe netflix paid them something for their story maybe but i don't think they ever actually get paid really well when Netflix covers their own stories. Like I've seen other Netflix shows that cover um, different stories and they actually don't get paid very much. Like Mm -hmm. the actors and actresses, they get paid, but the actual people 
whose stories are covered, they really don't get paid a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that they would have got paid enough to justify. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure it was like the Dirty John story. I think it was that one. They actually really didn't get paid very much for it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, obviously, itself. obviously it's going to differ from story to story. And, you know, obviously I think this one, this is a story that a lot of people know about. So I think that maybe Netflix would have paid a little more for it. I would hope so, especially because uh, it made a really good show. Yeah. They embellished quite a bit on it, well, but yeah. still. Definitely the story doesn't, the show doesn't follow the story all fully, but. They don't, but I will say if you don't just follow what it actually is, like if you don't follow the true story and just watch the show, it is a really good show. Oh, it really is. I, lo I love show. the show. Uh, I still got to finish it. I'm really Okay, well, I'm not spoiling it for you, but the end is great. Yeah. Uh, so I that's the, for me that's the reason why I don't think uh, you know the Bros family was involved in this because you know it's not just the parents who are affected the, no, kids, the kids know yeah the kids know what's going on you know they think that they're moving into this you know six bedroom house where they're going to get their own room yep. and they're going to have plenty of places to play and then all of a sudden they're just kept away and you know I'm pretty sure the kids has some idea of what was going on. I mean, they would have to, like, especially if they're going to school at any point. Mm -hmm. If they're going to school, like, trust me when I say that the rumor mill flies. Yeah. And the part that even if they didn't know what was going on, kids have a, a very strong ability where they can pick up on emotions. Oh, of my parents. God. They know. Um, so if even if they didn't know, they could definitely feel the anxiety and the fear on their parents. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, and I don't, I but really. at the same time, like part of me wants to know, like, why didn't they put a camera on the mailbox? Yeah. Like that, that's another tick for mm -hmm. potentially being the broadest family. And it could have been that they just couldn't find a place to mount a camera where it could, that's true or it just could have been in a really weird spot yeah because i think if i remember seeing the pictures right there where their mailbox was there was like some um what was like bushes like the big yeah. bushes there uh and i mean that that was kind of my thought too is like you know at the very least why not see it you know and obviously i know the neighbors are kind of the suspects but maybe po you know Put a camera on the street light or something. Yeah. I mean, something you would think. But again, I don't know. I mean, maybe they just couldn't find a place to mount it. Maybe, maybe they did and they just never got any footage of it. I don't know. I mean, I don't think they actually put one on the mailbox, but you know what? I, I mean, mean, you never know. I mean, for months and months, all they would really get was, oh, look, the mailman yeah. again. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, who's to say that the mailman didn't put it in the mailbox? Yeah, it's true. I mean, that's my suspect. It's always the mailman. <laughs> it's always the mailman. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, we talked about it already, but, you know, it kind of made a really good Netflix show. It did. It was a great but show. The last time The Watcher was ever heard of was in 2017. And... Other than that, he's been pretty much dormant since then. See, and that really, that really gets to me too, because it kind of came and went mm -hmm. with them. Yeah. And that, that gets me too, because it just, 
It doesn't seem right because you would think it would come with them. Yeah, I mean, like, here's here's kind of my them? theory. Like, I, I I didn't see who actually bought the house afterwards. But what if the person who bought the house was the one who actually was sending letters? See, to, and I thought the same thing too. To try to get the broadest family to sell the house. And lower the price a bunch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, $400,000 isn't, isn't something to laugh about. That's a lot of money oh, to God, yeah. lose. Uh, plus all the money that they lost, you know, upkeeping the house for two years. Yeah, that's so much money. Uh, all the money they put in for renovations. Because, mm -hmm. you know, don't forget, they did they did a lot of renovations to this house before they were planning on moving in. Uh, not Which just still blows my mind because, yeah. like, I'm going to buy a brand new house for 1.3 mil and I'm going to renovate it. Well, and that's what they said. They wanted, they were renovating it to make it more <clears throat> for what their family needed. So they were, like, you know, changing the layout a little bit, making it more, more to fit their family because they wanted it to be their perfect home. And I get that. I mean... You you know they may yeah, like almost. If you're gonna put 1.3 million into something, yeah. it's gonna be the right fit. And for them, this was gonna be their last house. They were gonna raise their kids there. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously it had sentimental value for him because it was close to Maria's childhood home. You know, it was close to the neighborhood that she grew up in. She would end up kids going to the same school she went to. Yeah, you know. that does have some sentimental value, and it's really nice. But I don't know, man. That's just, it's just bizarre to me that like the watcher appeared out of nowhere and then also left out of nowhere. Yeah, that's. And it does look a little guilty for the Broadus mm -hmm. family. Sorry, it, but it, it does. It really does, and that's kind of why a lot of people think that. And I don't blame them, but. <sighs> I mean, I don't want to point fingers, but. See, in the same time, it, it just points it, that way just a little bit. I'm not saying that it always points that way and that every single piece of evidence points that way, but there's a couple pieces of evidence yeah. that point that way. I mean, but in order to say that it's the Broadus family, you have to say that they they don't care about their kids or they're, you know, because to me, that's the only way that makes sense that they would do this. Well, and what makes me think about it is that, like, what if it was one member specifically of the Broadus family without the rest of them knowing? And it could be, you but know, like, again, that would still either, you know, and it, it is to note that most all these letters were found by Derek. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, you know, I still don't think that, I mean, I get what you're saying and I kind of agree to you that there's kind of, there's a lot of odd questions that I need answered. Yep. Um, like why the watcher basically came and gone with them. Um, but I don't necessarily think that implies that they did it because it could have just been somebody that wanted to buy the house and, you know, lost out yeah. on it and they wanted to make them pay. Uh, it could have been, hell, it could have been someone that had a crush on Maria and was mad that Derek married her. I mean, it could have been. We don't I know. Mean, there's so many things that it could have been. I'm sure the police looked at so many different angles. Oh, I, I, that they, I think at one point I read that they had interviewed and they had at one point like over 200 suspects. Oh, dear God. Can you imagine trying to look at over 200 suspects? Oh, yeah. Like I'm trying to keep all that straight. <laughs> you know, what I would have done, I would just every interview I'd have been like, all hail the watcher. <laughs> See who reacted to that. Just imagine the confused looks on a bunch of their faces like. 
<laughs> and then, then you get that one guy who's like, yeah. Ah, you're the watcher. Arrest him. <laughs> Just but, ask them all how to spell Broadus. Yeah. How do you spell Broadus? What? <laughs> what what yeah. is your go-to? See, and that, that's the other thing that <laughs> does not make sense to me. Right? Like, if it was Derek, why would he misspell their name but get all the other names right? Like... This letter had their nicknames in there, like what their parents yeah. called them. Like, that's not something that most people know. I mean, it's not, it's not something that's like public knowledge, you know? No, it's not. But maybe it was purposefully misleading. I mean, it could be, but it just, why that though? Like... I mean, you can hear things and just not spell them right, maybe. Yeah, and that, that's what I'm saying. Like, to me, that shows that it's somebody who either listens to them talk or, you know, somebody on the outside. Yeah. Because if it was him, yeah, if it was Derek, why would you include the name? Because that's something that, to me, that points to Derek. That's fair. So why would you... Why would you put something in there that now, would be almost impossible for an outsider to get? In my mind, this is just me, but in my mind, I keep saying he, but honestly, yeah. this honestly sounds like a woman. See, and I thought about that too, but... But like... It's too unhinged for me. Oh, but women can be freaking Oh, I know. So, trust and me. And I, I know that you know Trust that. me, I know that. Uh, but just... I don't know. There's something about the creepy unhingedness of it. The fact that they called her a wench. I don't know. There's something about it that just makes me think woman, at least in some of it. Now, I also think that maybe it not, might not all be one person. Yeah. Which is going to be a lot harder to pinpoint. To me, it, it sounds like an older man. It could just be, because, yeah, it very well could be. And I I think that's probably about the same. Like, I can just, I can almost hear an old guy say, you know, like, especially young blood. Like, they young say young, for sure. yeah. they say young blood a lot. That's, to me, something that an older guy would say, not a mm -hmm. girl. Uh, and then kind of going into the vi violence of it, like, you know, the veiled threats. That to me just seems more of a thing a guy would do than a girl. You know, at least that, yeah. that veil, you know, I mean, they went into details. Like I, if you're that crazy of a girl, I don't think you're going to veil your threats. You're just going to straight out say, I'm going to murder you. I mean, I that's mean, fair. You, you, it's almost like. We don't typically go for veiled threats. We just. That, Go. Yeah. That's my hardest part about this because it's almost like, to me, it seems like someone who's bipolar. And maybe it is. Maybe uh, that's the part that cops couldn't figure out. Because it's it's almost like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde type personality here. And maybe that's exactly why the cops couldn't figure it out because yeah. the only part that they saw was Dr. Jekyll. Well, but even like, it's almost like, because the beginning letters are like Miss Dr. Jekyll, where they're more elegant. Exactly, because it is uh, so elegant. And yeah. They're almost poetic. They're beautiful in a weird, creepy way, yeah. but they're beautiful. And then you get further, you know, the later letters where it's just unhinged and, you know, not really making any sense. Yeah, it it kind of like almost evolves into the, Mr. Hyde. 
So I, I don't know. It's just, I don't know who did this, but all I know is like whoever it is, is a coward, plain and simple. Like, yeah, I can agree on that because just one way or another, obvious reasons were to get them out of the house. Yeah. Whether they wanted the house or they just didn't want them, them yeah, living there. We don't there. know the, the motivation uh, beyond that, but was to get them out of the house mm -hmm. for sure. So, yeah, it's just this whole story, like, it fascinates me. Like, even now, I'm still fascinated by it. Mm-hmm. Because, and it, you know, four letters, basically, is what was sent. Four letters. And basically ruined her life. Yeah. Their lives, not just hers, but all of their lives, five people's lives. And that, that's what makes it so like fascinating to me is the fact that four letters, that's all that it was. There was never any actual danger to them. There was never any physical violence. There is nothing, you know, not, nobody no, ended up dead. Just a strongly veiled threat. Yeah. But it still <laughs> captivates me because it's like, it's so odd, but it's so like... I mean, it's so elegant. Like, I mean, the first one was yeah. though. It was it was weirdly poetic and elegant and pretty and really creepy, but still elegant and poetic. Yeah. And then it just kind of evolves and goes downhill from there. But really downhill. Um, I mean, it was still creepy, but it was ultimately the watcher is still. You know, we still don't know who it is. Uh, we don't know why they did it. Obviously. So, my theory is, I think it was the Langfords. I mean, there's enough of them. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't get the exact count, but yeah, it's weird that they live with their 90 year old mom. Uh, I don't know, but anyways, that's all we have for tonight. So, thank you for listening to us. Um, we really, really, really appreciate your support. Um. All the links for all of our links will be in the description below. Make sure to like, subscribe, and follow us. Anything else you've got? We have a Q and A on our Facebook page, and as always, we'll keep you guessing.